With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. The first scriptures that I read. And the 15 and 16, because he drove the money changes out. But then we've got to look at it. And we look at it and it says, for your house has eaten me up. Now, that's a very interesting phrase. Go to Psalm 69. Go to the Psalm 69. This is where it was first talked, because there's a, script, there's, there's a study practice that they said uh, first mentioned. It was first mentioned in Psalm 69. And I want someone to read that. He healed. Save me, O oh God, for the waters are come in upon my soul. I sink in deep merit where there is no standing. I I am come unto deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my swine. My now everybody, I want everybody reading this. It's dry. My eyes fail while the wait for my God. They that hate me without a cause are more than the head of my head. They that would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully, are mighty than I destroy that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hidden from thee. Let not them that wait. On thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be comforted for my sake, O God of Israel. Because, because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame, hate, covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brother and an end and Island upon my mother's oh, children, yes. For the veil of the house have eaten me up. Stop right there. Because of the zeal of my house that eaten me up. See, this particular, this particular song was talking about David. And David was talking about all the conspiracies that was going on against him in his kingdom. All the backstabbing that was coming at him in his kingdom. And that's where you get the zeal, because David had a zeal to live right before God. See, when you have a zeal to live right before God, then when people come along, they try to eat you up. Satan tries to eat you and tear you to pot. And that's the reason why we see this phrase being used first in, in Psalms, because David was crying out to the Lord. He was letting them know that I've done nothing wrong to deserve what was happening to me, that they were coming at me like packs of wolves. 
Let me tell you something. When you're sitting in your life and you start doing the right thing for God, then you know you're on the right track because when you know that you're on the right track, people are going to come and try to stop you. Satan is going to try to block you at every chance that he can. So you're then at that point, you know you're at the right. But see, at, at certain times, you know you get a little weak. Yeah, yeah. David got a little weak, yes. but he cried out to God. But we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the Son of God, yes. the Son of God. And now the Son of God went and he kicked out the money changers out of his father's house. Don't use God's house for a house of merchandise. And he was doing his father's will, and they attacked us. His own was attacking him. The Jews were attacking him. These were his own, these were God's chosen people, the ones that should have known that he was the son of God. Yeah. Yeah. The Pharisees, he looked at them, he said, listen, how come you, basically, how come you don't know? When we go on to chapter 3, he's going to look at Nicodemus. You're the learned man. You're the one who studied the scriptures, and you're going to tell me you don't know, you don't understand? Right, right. We're living in a day and time. Do we really understand Christ? Are we really studying the Bible and taking it for as God is? Are we really, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I think we just read to be reading. But the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. That's what it says. So if you're not taking that knowledge and, number one, letting it be life-changing, so that you can get the wisdom of God and be able to combat these conspiracies. Because let me tell you something, when you start living for Christ and you start having that zeal, see, the reason why I target in on that word zeal, because that's what he needs. He says, I need soldiers. He said, go in the vineyard and work. Right? He said, go in the vineyard and work. He said, if you're ashamed to own me in front of men, then I'm going to be ashamed to own you in front of my father. Do we yes. have that zeal? Yes. Do we have that zeal today? See, Jesus turned around and he shook up, he shook up all the uh, priests in the temple because he cleaned the temple out. Number one, the priests had ordained it. They had said, go ahead, sell. Sell. Go ahead. So they had put their stamp of approval on it. Why? Why? We can only assume that they were making money off this yeah. thing. They were getting the temple taxes yeah. off this thing. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So he can put the step on it. But Jesus stood for his father's will. His zeal could not let this atrocity go on. So what did he do? He cleansed the temple. He kicked everybody out. And this is what we're seeing. David is crying out. David is crying out. He said, listen, and an, and an alien to my mother's children, but the zeal for your house has eaten me up. That's a tough statement to say. I have a zeal for you, but because these attacks are so great, so great, Lord, I need some help. I need your strength. I need you to step in and, 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 and what... Like, Lord, prop my arms up. That's what they did with Moses, right? Yeah. When Moses was yeah. in the battle, yeah. they held his arms up. As long as they held his arms up, they were winning the battle, right? Winning the battle. That was right. when his arms dropped, he started losing, losing the battle. Yeah. Sometimes we need.
James, it tells us sometimes we need to go and ask God to give us wisdom to hang on. Yes. But you know something your hope is in when everybody's attacking you, when all the world around you is attacking you, when families attacking you, friends, yes. churches attacking you, yes. then you know you're doing what's right. Yes. David said, listen, I've done no wrong. I've done no wrong. That's right. I've done no wrong here. And here it is. I'm being attacked. Yeah, I'm being attacked for things because the only thing I got is a zeal for Christ. I'm telling you, we need to have that zeal today. And I looked up that word zeal with the great energy of it. Um, mm-hmm. Amen. It's like when you first get saved, you're so excited yeah. for the Lord that you can't keep it to yourself. Just like the woman at the well, she had such a zeal after she talked to Jesus that she couldn't keep it. She went back into the town and said, let me tell you about a man who know all about me. But I think sometimes when we turn around and get that zeal like that, we don't realize how, how vicious the attack is going to come. Yes. No, we don't. Yeah, yeah. We realize when that attack comes, all of a sudden we say, what have I done? What have I done? And that's what David would say. What have I done? And you've got to know where your hope lies in. And so the Jews answered and said to him, what signs do you show to us? since you do these things. Amen. And now, have you ever felt when you first got saved, sanctified, filled with God's precious Holy Ghost, and all the people you ran with, they turn around, now they want to show a sign <laughs> of that you're truly saved? Oh, come to the club. They more like they more attack you even more yeah. because they're trying to get you to drink or they're trying to get you to do what's the whole right. thing that you used yeah, to do. Yeah, Am yeah, I right? Yeah. Or your truth in your word. <laughs> right, right. You know, they want to see a sign. Yeah. And then when you show them that sign, then all of a sudden, haven't they not attacked you then? Yes. Now you feel like you're an alien now. You're on the outside. <laughs> Amen. You're wondering what's going on now because they see that zeal that you have for Christ. I'm not going to go to the club. I'm not going to go and drink anymore. I'm not going to do these things anymore. And now... You're not a friend no more because, see, you're that alien now. You're something that you, they don't understand. <laughs> you're standing alone for Christ. You know what? That reminds me of the time, um, the last time I went to the club. My girlfriend came and picked me up. So I came and I dressed kind of moderately, but I, you know, wore my little jeans. I had on my nice blouse and mm-hmm. I was wearing this nice long coat. So when I got into the club, <laughs> Um, all I did was I, I, um, I sat down, and they tried to get me drinks, and my girlfriend got mad because I said, no, they can only give me soda. Mm-hmm. She was like, girl, just get the drink for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I can't drink this. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing I knew, I started talking about Jesus. Man, oh, man. I became an enemy in that oh, club. Man. My girlfriend said, girl, shut up. This is a club. This ain't the church. That's right. Don't you come in here preaching that's Jesus. That's right. <laughs> and you see what that scripture says. Because the zeal, your zeal, your zeal for your house is eating me up. See, when you have that zeal, they try to eat you up. Yeah. You come here talking to Jesus. I don't want to hear Jesus. Right. You know? And they're your, and it's funny how they're your friends. Yes. They're your friends until you prove that there's a change in yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the light. <laughs> in my life. Amen. And all of a sudden, now they try to eat you up. Yeah. They try 
almost got to test your salvation. Amen. You Amen. Got to test your salvation. Amen. Welcome, Rebecca. Amen. Welcome, Sharon. Okay. Welcome, Lori. So, Welcome, Dion. So we went. You want to say something? No. So we went. We gone. We went to the 18 verse. And now they're challenging Jesus. Show us the sign. <laughs> show us the sign. Show us the sign. But here's the master. Jesus is the master teacher. He's our savior. Amen. Amen. He answers, he said to them, he said in the 19th verse, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise you. I'll raise you. We have a response. And uh, Cynthia Jones says, you have to use wisdom with zeal. There you go. (laughs) She said, you got to use wisdom. Amen. And then Dion Parker had a question. She said, why didn't God turn David into a reprobated mind, even though he was a man after God's own heart? Dion, you want to explain that? Oh, wait a minute. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Well, you know, David David, uh, sinned and he sinned and he sinned, you know, and then God took him back, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it was like he sinned so much. Why didn't God, you know, just turn him into a reprobate man or whatever? All right. That's a very good question. Before I give my opinion on it, anybody want to try to tackle that question? David always had a heart after God. He still loved him. He was always repentant. He knew the error of his ways. That's why God can continuously take him back. It's just like a child who strays from from, uh, their mother. The mother don't um, keep turning them. Even though they, they hurt them and hurt them over and over again, because that mother loved that child, so they keep taking them back. Okay. This is this is the reason why God kept taking him back. David, once God revealed that sin, David never did that sin again. When you really study David, do an in-depth study of David, David would fall down on his knees, he would rent them clothes, he would get his sackcloth in a minute, and he would start praying to the Lord. Now, when he committed the sin with Bathsheba, right, mm-hmm. he fell on his knees. He was praying for the baby because God said he was going to take that baby because that was a baby of flesh. Yes, so was. he was going to kill the baby, right? Mm-hmm. David was praying and praying praying hard for the baby, but God still took the baby, right? That's right. And after that sin with Bathsheba, you don't read any more about David sleeping with other women. Mm-hmm. And then, and how we know it for a fact, when you come to the near of David's, in the David's life, they thought David was dead. <laughs> and they sent a young woman in there to sleep with him, right? <laughs> and he didn't touch the young woman. Right. And, and all the people say, the king must be dead because he didn't touch her. Right. So that's the reason why God said David was a man after his own heart. Yes, he did do a lot of sins. But once it was brought to his attention, he didn't repeat that sin. This is the problem with us today. Yeah. We fall back into the same, sometimes some of us fall back into the same sin. Yeah. We repeat that sin over and, and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. My Lord. And see, God is just gracious and he has so much love.
enough for us that if we have a repentant heart, if our heart is truly repentant, he takes us back. So with the condition, and also with the condition of David's heart, David would pray sincerely. Amen. Amen. And I want to deal with the, per, the person who says that, yes, we do have to have wisdom when we have that zeal. That's Cynthia Jones because she's agreeing with you. She's saying amen. That's true repentance. But, but you, know, you know, sometimes, sometimes, though, we got, like, we zeal comes with experience. You know, when you first got saved, do you remember back when you first got saved? I mean, truly saved. When your hands look new. The sky looked new. Everything looked new. And you just want to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. So you ran out and you told people. I know for me, I went out and I told this one guy, now, I didn't have no scripture. I didn't understand the Bible. I didn't know none of that. But I went out and I told this gay person, God didn't mean for you to be gay. <laughs> right? That gay guy knew more scripture than I did. And he started hammering me. He started following me around. And then I had to tell him, now, we keep following him. I'm going to hit you. <laughs> he said, now you want to fight now. You, you come up to me tell me. So, yes, you do. And I think, I think wisdom comes at times when you have that zeal for God like that. Yeah. You know, it, 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 you need that experience, you know. And this is what was happening. This is what was happening with David. David had such a zeal that he was going to build that kingdom and he was going to build it right. He was a good example in front of his son Solomon because he he ruled right. And remember now, if he didn't show that image, Solomon would have never said when when they were turning the kingdom over to him, what did Solomon say to God? God asked him, what do you want? He said, I just want wisdom to rule thy people. Because he had saw his father had ruled Israel very wisely, very wisely. So we got to grow in that zeal, you know. But here is the master teacher. See, this, this is the thing. This is the thing that gets me when I read this out of John. Because, see, John was proving the deity of Christ. He wanted people to understand that he was the son of God, okay. So here's the master teacher. He always stayed in the spiritual. Yeah. Yes, he was walking with us along in the natural, but Jesus stayed in the he stayed in the spiritual because when he turned around and made this answer back to him, he said, Listen, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. They didn't have a clue what he was talking about. They looked at it on the natural. They looked at it on the natural because in the in because in the twentieth verse, the Jews were almost laughing at him. Amen. They were laughing at him when he said, when he said, when the Jews answered, it took 46 yeah. years to build this temple. <laughs> 46 years. Let me tell you something. When God gives you a revelation and he says he's going to do something in your life yeah. and you tell somebody about it, yeah. it don't, have any of y'all been laughed at? Yeah. Yeah. You've been laughed at. Yes. Do you know what it's going to take for you to get this? Do you know you got to go through this step, that step, this step, all these different steps? Yes. And if you're not, if you don't have that zeal for Christ, yes. you will falter. Yes. Remember now, this is what God does. This is what God does. 
he turns around and he says to the children of Israel, right, he brought them right to the Jordan River. He said, listen, I'm giving you the land, but you got to possess it. Got to possess it. See, we always have to do something. Right. We have to do something. See, because God says, okay, I'm going to give you this house. Mm. I'm going to bless you with a house. Yes. All right? But you have to go out there and look for it. You have to go out there and look. You have to do something. Yes. See, we done got into this mystical thing that we turn around, we want God to drop it out the sky. Lord, I know you spoke to me in my spirit, and Lord, I'm just going to sit here and wait till you drop it out. We've got to do something. The book, the Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. You've got to put some steps in it to do it. Amen. Amen. That's how it works. That's exactly how it works. And if you have that zeal for Christ, when God speaks into your spirit, you're going to want to do like, you just want to start running. Why do you think he went after Paul? Because he knew if I could turn Paul, if I could turn Saul into Paul, he's going to go just as hard as he went when he thought he was killing all the Christians. Yes. He thought he was doing right by killing the Christians. Yes. It took Jesus to knock him off that, knock him off the beat. Amen. See, we need to have that zeal. We, we've got to have that anointing again. We've got to get that fresh anointing again, that love for Christ. Yeah. We've got to get yeah. that love again. Yeah. You've got to have that same love that you had when you first became yeah. saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a question on the floor. It says, what do a person do who has lost their zeal? How do they get it back? Amen. I'm going to put it out to the floor before <laughs> I go into it. How do you get it back? The same way before you lost it. You pray. Read your word for around people that was positive and strong and carried with you. All right. The apostle, you want to go ahead with it? I say repent. Cleanse yourself. Return back to where you came from. Remember. Remember what what God delivered you from. Mm -hmm. That's how you can restore your zeal. That's how I feel. Amen. Amen. See, what we have to do once I feel when you lose your zeal, when you lose that that go getting, right? You have to first get on your knees. And you got to first say, Lord, examine me. Amen. Examine me. Mm-hmm. And you got to be willing to open up your heart to everything. Amen. You got to open up every door to everything. Yeah. See, a lot of times we say, Lord, look on this side of the heart, but don't look on that side of the heart because, see, I still got to love to go out there and do this, 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 this. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> you got to surrender all to Christ. See, because when you came to Christ, you surrendered all to Christ. Yeah. You opened up your heart. But you didn't allow, but then sometimes we don't allow God to do the complete work in us. Yes. Because, see, I still got a little love for that little cigarette, or I still got a little love for going out gambling, or I still got a little love for chasing women. You know, I, I hear you say that, and I never forget. 
I used to go and do evangelism with this um, young lady. And one day, we was out there, and she was passing out tracks. And all of a sudden, out she pulls out her cigarette, and she's smoking. She's still passing out tracks. She said, look, she said, I know this is a choice. I choose to smoke, but I love God. Here you tracks, here you tracks. I, I just almost fell out because I was like, whoa, what? Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, she died. Mm-hmm. So I said, Lord, I know it was her choice, but she said she loved you. Mm-hmm. And it just bothered me because I said, Lord, what could I have said to her to, to take that away from her? Mm-hmm. Amen. And see, this is it's, it's it's something interesting that the apostle just said, right? I think sometimes we put ourselves in God's shoes. Mm. What did Paul say? I plant, Apollos water, yeah. but God gives the increase. increase. Yeah. See, sometimes we want to give a person a word, and tomorrow we want to see them acting on that word. Yeah. It might not be their time. It not might not be God's time. Right. Because they may be waiting for that other confirmation. They may be waiting for Apollos to come and water it yeah, before yeah. they move. Come sometimes on. it takes some somebody else to come. You know, it's funny how you hear that sometimes. Somebody else who's close to you can say something to you, yeah. and you are fighting. I ain't do that. You can't say that to me. Rah, rah, rah. Then somebody, another friend at the job, or don't even know you, will say it, and you'll accept it. <coughs> we'll accept it. See, the thing of it is, is that we have to, that's the reason why we have to pray without ceasing. Yes. You have to be, yes. you have to lay before the Lord without ceasing. So we never lose that zeal for God, you know? And if you lost it, what you have to do is lay before the Lord and ask the Lord. First off, you say, forgive me, Lord, examine me, examine me. And then you read the word. Because you know something, I'm going to tell you right now. We read this Bible, right? And we, like I said before, we done got into this mystical thing that once I'm saved, there's going to be no headaches, there's going to be no problems, there's going to be none of that, and guess what? It happens. We forget the way that Jesus said, you must pick up your cross. And what? Follow me. Follow me, yeah. So what he's saying is, if my road wasn't easy, and I have to deal with the detractors, the hecklers, the soothsayers, the yeah. witches, yeah. what do you think you're going to have to deal with? Right, 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 right. You understand what I'm saying? So how are you going to deal with that when you don't have no power? Right. When you don't have no zeal? My you God. don't have no money. How are you going to deal with that? My how are you going to get it? That's just that's just like me plugging in an air conditioner mm-hmm. and it blows out the cold air to keep the hot air out mm-hmm. and then I take the plug and I pull it back out and I expect the air conditioner to work the same. <laughs> I done disconnected myself from the source. Right, right. You can't disconnect yourself from the source. But Jesus said, I am the true vine. Yes. We've got to stay connected to the vine. Amen. Sometimes we grow out of the vine. You see a vine, sometimes the vine grow out, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there's that one little leaf that turned brown. Oh, my God. You, you got to prune that leaf. Amen. Or you got to turn around and you got to, or some of these guys, some of these guys, they inject nutrients in there to try to get that leaf to grow because they're trying to get fruit. Yes. Yeah. Amen. 
So when you go back to Christ and you get on your knees and you say, Lord, listen, I'm going to open up everything to you. Amen. I'm going to open up everything to you. Um, I, I got a comment on the floor. Go ahead. Um, Cynthia Jones said, sometimes we lose uh, we lose your zeal because we feel we aren't being used. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to say this. Success don't feel like you're successful. Amen. Amen. Working for Christ, when you start working out there for Christ, you feel like sometimes nothing's happening. Right. I'm just spinning my wheels out there. Yeah. I'm doing all this talk. I'm doing, you know, it's the song, it's the song the brothers sing. They sing, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can change everybody. Sometimes we look for people to pat us on the back. Sometimes we look for that pat on the back because that'll keep us doing it. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Jesus says, what you do is secretly, I'll reward you openly. If you go out there and you work for Christ, when you work for Christ, you start seeing those little blessings come. Amen. 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 You see those little blessings come. That is God rewarding you for the work that you do. Amen. Because I'm telling you, success, don't you don't feel like you're successful. You're always going to feel like I can do more. I should be doing more. And don't wait for people to uh, prop you up, stay doing good, because it really, really doesn't happen. It, it, really it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. Jesus, it doesn't. God, he will show you yeah. that he's doing. His blessings His will blessings show you that you're on the right and, track. And, 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 it's, and it's something, you get the same people who will back you. Yeah. Jesus mm. had the same people who backed him. Mm-hmm. And they were the same people who hollered out, crucify him, kill him. Yeah. Why don't I get on that cross? You know the reason why? When you start being successful, you start earning detractors. The more successful you are, the bigger the devil. Amen. You get the ones that right beside you. Girl, you out there, you passing out tracks every day. You, you know, you're doing it, girl. I'm going to be right out there with you. And you be the one walking with you. Passing out tracks. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, your name start getting known. You start going to these church functions and all that stuff. Let the pastors or the bishops start calling out their name. That person that be right beside you get jealous. If their name don't get called, yes, they tear you down. Amen. Amen. Well, I saw her out there when I was walking with her. She wore that dress too tight. <laughs> Amen. I was, she, she did. She did things that was unbecoming a saint. She talked to that person as unbecoming a saint. That's how come we got to stay and lay before God constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that connection in the vine. Amen. You got to have that connection in the vine. <laughs> you got to know. You know what my mother used to say. You got to know where you stand in Christ. Christ. Amen. Come yeah. on now. The, now, um, I think Dion, did he answer your question? Because her question was, what do I do if I have the zeal, but I'm not being used to my full capacity? Did he answer your question? Uh, um, I don't that think so. That sounds like I did. <laughs> well, go ahead and no. ask him again. 
Okay, so um so my question is uh uh-huh. um, my phone. So my question is like okay, so say for me, I'm I'm using me as an example. I ain't trying to okay. So don't read nothing into it. But like say for instance for me, I I've been working in in the church. And I, I, I'm, I'm going full blast in the church, you know. Uh huh. I love doing doing what I do in the church, as well as outside of the church. But mm-hmm. that zeal is gone because I'm not. I don't think I'm being used. The the place where I'm at now is like I'm not being used to my okay. full capacity. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, huh? Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just, I'm. What do a person do in that type of predicament? I'm, I'm doing all I can. I'm, I'm doing all I can for the Lord, but yet I'm still not being used to my capacity, and that zeal is kind of, you know, like. I really don't want to be in church anymore. Amen. All right, so what do you think? Because this is is the way I'm hearing it. This is the way I'm hearing it. Okay. You you feel that you're doing everything you can in the church. You're in there. You're working hard. And you feel like that you're you're not the pastor is not using you to your full to your full cap feel like he's not using you to your full capability. Yeah, right. She's got a lot of gifts in her. Right. But they don't. You know. I, can I answer this one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, um, a lot of pastors who's not familiar with fivefold ministry, they're used to just dealing with just the pastor. And the and the deacons, the deaconess, the choir, mm-hmm. the choir master—they don't go beyond that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to recognize when other people have different gifts, mm-hmm. especially if they're not, you know. I'm not. This is the old time church. I mean, the new time church is starting to recognize, but they're still not there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are being overlooked. That's why we have all these little churches popping up because. They didn't use me the way I thought they should use me. And then some some pastors can be, I hate to say it, intimidated because they see your gifts. They see that you're stronger than them. And they, they see it because what happens when the church starts to follow that one pastor, minister, or prophet? They follow them, and then they wonder if they get up and leave. They're going to take their congregation with them. Mm-hmm. So there's a, it's a catch-22 either way it goes. Amen. So, so my question. So I have another. Do I have, can I ask another question? Sure. Okay. So, um, I was talking to to a possible, huh? No, go ahead. Okay. So I was talking to um a possible the other day, and we was. Uh, we was we got on the subject of stepping up to the plate because um 
of in ministry. I think I don't know if, I, if, like at the church that I came from, if I was being overlooked because I had so many gifts, and I uh-huh. think that the pastor, you know, didn't want to ordain or, or you know, because what's that noise? Um. Ordained because uh, ordained folks because she I guess she wanted to keep their thumb on on her on on folks. Uh huh. So okay. Could a could a person lose their zeal from that from that uh from a situation like that? Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm I want to jump in on this one. Yes, a person can lose their zeal in a situation like that because of what that person is focusing on. Mm -hmm. Your focus is a big part of your Christian walk. Mm -hmm. You're not walking for Christ to get man's approval. Amen. Your gift will make room for you. No one can stop God's work. So if God has something that he wants you to do, now he done put a lot of gifts in you. If God has something for you to do, then you have to trust it that God will reveal it because God will open up the door for you and none, none of them pastors can silence you. Not one of them can silence you because if you don't get it at that church, God is going to open it, open the door somewhere else because some, somebody else is going to hear your gift, and then the God's going to put it in your heart to move over, and then you're going to what? Now, let me say this to you. We're going to take a look at Moses, right? Moses turned around. Did anybody would ever think that this baby that the mother, that the mother put in the river that was going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. See, sometimes God hides us. And during that hiding time, we feel like we're being neglected. We feel like we're being kicked off. We feel like we're being pushed around. We feel like that we're not going to move, right? But during that hiding time, God is taking the time to develop you. See, Moses had to go out in the wilderness for 40 years to be developed. Yes. He was being developed. Look at he was a sheep herder. Amen. God taught him how to deal with people by herding sheep. Amen. And then when he was ready, then he was ready. He took him back to Israel. You know, I had I heard a message preached on this, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what this preacher said. That sometimes we're not ready to be thrown in that river. We think, we, think, we think we're ready to go into the limelight. I'm ready to go into that limelight. See, that's when when you feel like you're ready, that's when you need to get down and you start asking the Lord, Lord, let it be your will. Jesus turned around, our, our Lord and Savior, what did he do when he got into the uh, Garden of Gethsemane? He said, Lord, let this cup pass. He, he was like, he, he thought he was ready. But then he knew. He said, Lord, let thy will be done. See, we always got to say, Lord, let thy will be done. Yes. So the way this preacher preached it was, 
that sometimes we think we're ready for that river, but you got to realize what's in that river. You got crocodiles in that river, you got snakes in that river, and sometimes you go out there and you run a shipwreck. How many young ministers you you've seen? And I know you've been in the church long enough, long, that have run a shipwreck. They got into a little discussion with the pastor, yeah. a little kid. They run out there and they start their own church, and then they realize, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? Because <laughs> yeah. when you start fighting these devils and stuff like that, and now you out there by yourself, yeah. what, did Jesus, what did Jesus do with his disciples? He said, listen, I'm going to send you out two by two. You're going to go out there. I need you to heal the sick. Yeah. You know, I need you to do all these miracles, right? What happened when they ran up against some of these demons? Mm. They, had no they had to go back and get Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They are you, Jesus. They had to go back. They always so, was running back to him. So I would say this to you. For you to hold on to your zeal mm-hmm. is that, number one, your focus should be on Jesus Christ. I'm doing this for Jesus Christ. I understand. I understand where you come from. Because I've come, I went to churches, and all of a sudden when I preached my first message, nope, you can sing, but you ain't talking. Wow. That's all you basically going to do. You're going to sing. You're going to become the songbird. I feel like, wait a minute, I enjoy teaching. How come you can't let me do that? And then when I sat down and really took a look at this, I started realizing that as more people, as more pastors try to silence me, all the opportunities open up. Like all of a sudden, I'll hear one pastor say, oh, I heard you come to my church, and I need you to talk. See, what we have a tendency of doing is we get mad with the church, we get mad with everything. You stop going to these conventions. You stop, you stop doing that. And how are you going to get known if you don't go out? Amen. How are you going to get known if you don't go out? Amen. Just like I said before, faith without works is dead. dead. And so if you're not going around visiting, because I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what, if some pastor sees it or God can plant you and say, stay right here because this church needs your ability. They need your five-fold ministry. They need you to come in here and help this church out. But if you're sitting there and you're going to sulk, See, we, 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 because I know for me, I know the top of me. I know for me, I got into the salting class. That's exactly what I got into. I got, I got caught up in the salting. Okay, so I hope I answered your question. That you you got to know what you're focusing on. That's just like people giving their tithe. The Bible says you're giving it unto the Lord, mm-hmm. not to man. Amen. But you hear a lot of people say, "I ain't giving my tithe to that man because that man riding around in a Cadillac and I can't even afford to get a car." <laughs> But God still holds you accountable for that. Amen. Because he's going to hold the pastor accountable for what he does with the time. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to move on a little bit here, and I want to get back to talking about John, because I just love what, you know, how he writes about the deity. Because 
You know, so it's missing now. I think people, we, we don't got so, it, it's like an automatic thing to say, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God until trouble comes. Then when trouble comes, do I truly believe that God is? God can you really get me out of this trouble. Right. Amen. Amen. We got somebody just joined our talk show room. And um, this is Sweetback. I'm going to open up your mic. Do you mind if she asks a question? No. Go ahead. No, I don't. All right. God, praise God the Lord. <laughs> praise him. Praise him. I got a little strep throat here. But, um, oh, yeah. Amen. I, I went on the, the tablet, and then that's why you were seeing a little feedback back there. But um, I just wanted to piggyback a little bit what um, the sister was saying, Dion. And a lot of times um, um, I understand what, what she was saying, and I know y'all touched mm-hmm. on it, you know, and a lot of times that was my point that I was trying to make earlier when I was talking about how people um, can lose the zeal, not that they, mm-hmm. not that they have lost, lost their passion for God, but it's just that sometimes people can lose that zeal because of the like like she was touching on with the different things is how you you know you you've um been in that ministry a long time, and you know you've you've given your all and then you feel like okay, I'm being overlooked, but you did um i didn't catch the minister's name, but you did touch on some good points there because we what what it is is just a it's just a trick of the enemy to make yeah. us go out us feel that we're being overlooked but what this is this is something that that um the Lord had dropped in my spirit a while back, and so, and um and this is something that I use. And I said, you know, sometimes people feel that they're blocking you, but what we are actually saying is, is that man has more of power than God has. Because when we yeah, say, amen. Oh, gonna die, amen. this one is blocking me, or this one is hindering me from doing this, or this one is hindering me from doing that, they're not, they can, they're so, you know, it might seem that way. But like you said, yeah. it's just God has some more things that he needs to work out you know, maybe it's our attitude he's working on. Maybe whatever it is that he needs to get um, to deal with us, you know, he he wants to make sure that we are prepared and we are equipped because if we can't, even, if we can't even deal with the people in the congregation, we sure not ready to go out there in the hedges and highways. Because it, there's, there's some real wolves out there. The church is just a little yes. up. But, but you go out there, you're going to deal. You're talking about real spiritual warfare. But you're gonna come against people who, you know, don't want to hear nothing about no Jesus, don't want to hear nothing about no God, you know. And then that's where the discern- the uh, discernment must come in because uh, the Bible said, "He that wins souls is wise." And you have to understand yeah. that if somebody said, "Listen, I don't want to hear about God," you have to you have enough wisdom, even though you have the zeal and you want, you know, and everything, you have enough wisdom to use the wisdom to say, "Listen, you know, God is not, um, you know, telling me to, to, you know, go over there." That is just like our right. metron. we all have our metron. Everybody's not going over to the, the to the uh, Africa. They're not going to Haiti, you know. So you got to know your limitations. You got to know where God is sending you because your metron might be in the United States, and He'll use you in the United States. And that's that's where, right. that's, that's where the people um, sometimes um, they get out of their zone. They get a um, that's not really the word I want to use, but. You, you get out of the area of what God has for you. That's why I said to, to people, stay in your lane. If you're not a plumber, let the plumber do the plumbing. And if, if you're right. good being, doing the carpentry work, that's where God wants you to do the carpentry work. That's what you that's do. Right. Plumbing, and you don't know nothing about plumbing. 
and that's what happens. Try to get in areas that they're not equipped to get in. It's okay to say, listen, that's not my lane, honey. That ain't my field. You go over there and you handle that because they're, they're, and I just I believe that <clears throat> because even when you look in the Bible. And you see, when you're dealing about the different ranks, and it talks about the spiritual wickedness and the different things, it's dealing, that's dealing with ranks. You know, you yeah. start over one era, but then it escalates to the different areas. So you got to be equipped for that. Just like when we first get saved, we deal, you know, the devil ain't really bothering you when you first get saved. Not really. You know, but when you mm-hmm. really start getting into and start loving the Lord and really dedicating your life, praying and fasting and everything, then that's when, that's when you really find out. You know, we all talking about the different areas. That's when you find out if people really, really need business for the Lord or they just still straddling the fence and they want to be out there in the yeah, world. So you know the difference, you know, because everybody is not out there at the club. Everybody ain't out there drinking and still, yeah, you, know, you know, there's some people that's really living this life. And so, therefore, yeah, we have to keep that example, you know, and, and let people know you can live this safe life. You really can't. And so to the sister, you know, you, you just have to you have to get back to that first love. Go back to that first love. Do your first Go love over and ask God to, you know, to do it all over again and start afresh and, and, and just, you know, ask him most of all to give you the strength because that's what we need. We need strength because he that lives godly, we must suffer persecution. And not only that, when he when um Jesus was when he was teaching the disciples when he came off the mount and he was telling them, right? Oh, and he was telling them, he said, um, um, the attitude, we were talking about the beatitudes, and he was giving them yeah, the the know what they were going to have to do. He said, this is what you're going to need to do to make it. And he was giving them mm-hmm. the, the, the guidelines. You know, these are, this is the attitude you're going to have to take because once you start getting close to God, this is what's going to happen. And you're going to have backstabbing. You're going to get all kinds of stuff just because of who, who you stand for and what you stand for. You know, and, and 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 that's all part of preparation. And sometimes Amen. we don't look at it like that. And I know I felt the same way too. And and I can't think of the name of that book. I was trying to um, remember so I could tell the sister. But that book really ministered to me. So because the, the man was talking about the same thing, um, who wrote the book, and he was and he was saying that he just thought that he was just overlooked. And nobody was paying no mind, and he served his ministry. And God was, you know, God had to straighten him out and say, no, you're right where I want you to be. Because, exactly. therefore, your focus is on the wrong thing. And, and and that's one thing. I'm a firm believer. Man cannot stop what God has for you. Because God's timing is the best timing. So we want to rush right. it sometimes. But his timing is the best timing. Amen. Because you know something just like you said. When you take a look at Moses, right, God prepared Moses, and at the time, he knew Moses would be able to stand the test. See, a lot yeah. of times we want to run out there, and we don't realize those trials and tribulations that are hitting us, they're working on perseverance. That's they're working on perseverance. See, God don't want whippy Christians. No, he no. don't want you to run at the first sight of trouble. Yeah. You've got a lot of Christians that preach that they, they stand out there and they say they proclaim how strong they are, and then when the first trial come on them, they, they back down. That's right. <laughs> and we got to realize we hold the blood, the blood stain is on our hands when we sit there and we jump out on something that we didn't wait for God to give us the time to move on. Right, right. That's right. That's and right. we've got to learn. We've got to learn how to stay and wait for God. 
He says, they that wait on the Lord. Amen. We but, but sometimes when we, we get caught up, that humanistic side comes on us, and we start waiting, but we want that pat on the back. Mm. We're ready. Right. Oh, Lord, put me out front. Yeah. So I can get that little praise. Yeah. Right. I right. don't want that. I want, you right. know what I want, and this is what every Christian should want, to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Yeah. That's Amen. what all the disciples work for. Once they got truly saved, once they got truly filled, they worked their hair. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. Amen. 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 That's what we're out here for. We're Amen. out here. I'm learning from you. I hope you're learning something from me. Because Amen. I and, and, and one thing that I, I say every time I get before people and I teach is that, listen, what I'm telling you is secondhand knowledge. Follow what the Holy Ghost is telling you. That's right. Follow what the Holy Ghost is telling you. Because the Bible says he's here as a teacher, he's here as a guide, he's here as a helper. Yes. Amen. We get caught up with elegant of tongues. You got a lot of people that go to seminary and they know how to tear this thing backwards and forth. Let me tell you something. Satan knows the Bible just, just as well as anybody else. But he can't live it. Yeah, that's right. He can't live it. Hallelujah. He can't live it. You'll be surprised. Now, when we go down to Texas, we've got this guy who drinks, he drinks all the time, but can quote scripture. Yeah, yeah. Because his mother was a district missionary, and she put that scripture, the man can quote scripture. He come up to me so bad, boy, he was quoting scripture left and right, right, left and right, left. And I turned around and told him, you know what the Lord dropped in my spirit? See, that's how come you got to have wisdom. I said, right. the Lord dropped in my spirit, show him the mirror. Mm. Wow. Show him the natural glass. Yeah. See, we, yeah. Get caught, we go up there, we want to witness to a person like that. We start witnessing, witnessing, witnessing. Then when they start hitting us with the scripture where you hear us, we start backing up. We start saying, you're right, you're right, right. you're right. Then why did you go witness to him? Because <laughs> now he's witnessing to you. Yes, I want to 
be us for all that. But let me tell you something. We're talking about the zeal. I just read what the scripture said. The zeal will eat you up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The zeal eats you up. It can eat you up sometimes. We got to know where our, where we put our focus on. Yeah. See, our Lord and Savior always had his focus on his father. Yes. He always had focus Amen. on his father. Yes, Lord. We should have Amen. focus on Jesus and the Father. Come on now. Amen. 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 We need to know where to put our focus on. And no man can stop God's plan. It's nothing on this earth. The devil cannot stop God's plan. And I'm not calling right. a pastor devil, but no man can stop God's plan. Amen. If God is going to give you something, if God's going to give you a ministry, and he said it, amen. amen. How many times have we seen that? Look at, look at Rebecca. Let's, let's, let's look at Rebecca, okay? Rebecca turned around. God told her, say, listen, your son is going to get the blessing. Amen. He said, not going to get it. Did he not say that? <laughs> not going to get it. Did she wait for God to do it? No. No. She didn't wait for God to do it. Mm-mm. She figured she's going to help God out. And right. nearly got Jacob killed. That's right. Nearly right. got him killed. You see, we sometimes think that we got to help God out. We know God. I know I got all these gifts in me, so I'm going to run out there and do it and run a shipwreck. You think you think you're going to lose your zeal. You're going to be really messed up when you run out there. And you and you start attacking these different people, or you go out there thinking that you could do what you do. You know what? And I really believe that's why a lot of pastors close their door because they they had a zeal, yes, but they didn't have the equipment to back it up. They didn't wait for God right. to give it to them. So you have to wait for God because God will give you God will give you that strength to go through yes. those yes. times of trouble. Because mm-hmm. see, one thing about a church. Especially just even talking with the finances. It goes up and it goes down. Yes. It goes up and it goes yes. down. It goes up and it goes down. Right? When that down period is, are you going to focus on that one period? Mm. You got to take a look at the whole cycle, right. the whole year. That's what we do with our lives sometimes. We have a bad period of six months. We're going through something that's really terrible. But did he not say, what did he, what did the word say? If the sunshine is going to come, mm-hmm. we, we forget about that. Remember this, you, God says in his word that man's going to be here, what, 70 years? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you mm-hmm. got what you call it, one bad period, and you're going to define your life on one bad period. Mm-hmm. Ain't that terrible? Look at look at look at look at Ruth. What's her name? Ma or what's the Ruth Ruth? Uh, Ruth and Naomi. The Naomi. Naomi had one bad period, and then she said, "Call me Mara." She defined her whole life right. on right. that one bad period. Mm-hmm. Name me bitter, right? Mm-hmm. Call me Mara. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. This is what we do. Because mm-hmm. you know what it is. She yes, she believed in the Lord. Yes, she knew of the Lord. But she did not trust it. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we've got to learn how when we're going through bad times and those feelings hit us, we got to turn to God. Lord, strengthen me. Yes. Yes. 
Lord, touch me. And then another thing we got to do that we, you know, some people sometimes don't do is that sometimes you get so weak, you don't even know what to pray for yourself. Yeah. And what do you say? You're supposed to go to the elders. Yeah. You're supposed yeah. to get a prayer partner. Because yeah. right. two the second in agreement, he said, well, I'll be there in the midst. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But we, we live in this suspicious world today. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to get the elder because I don't want the elder to get up there and say a whole testimony about how she helped me when I was down and up. And that's what happens. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Amen. You get down and out, and then you get a person that will, you know, you confide in, and they help you get up there, and then you become the testimony on Sunday morning. <laughs> You become that testimony. Amen. Amen. But you know something? When they make you the testimony, hell, hallelujah, when they make you the testimony, you got to say, go back into the word and what the word says. They've already gotten their reward. Hallelujah. They've gotten their reward. That's what the word says. That's so true. They got their own reward. They got their reward. Mm -hmm. And here this dummy going to be looking for God to bless them. And they've already gotten their reward. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. See, that's not coming. We got to study the word. We got to study to show thyself approved. A workman need not be ashamed. Because see, sometimes you can look back in the word. You say, look at him. Look at him. Amen. Look at him. Amen. That's why he said, when you do things in secret, yes, he will reward you open. You got to keep that under wraps. Amen. You don't supposed to tell who you give and what. To. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. See, sometimes we get in that. We want to do that because we want man to uh, want man glory. Man to pat me on the back. Man, as fast as he pats you on the back, he's trying to take it away from you too. <laughs> Amen. Pat you in the back and have a knife in the hand at the same time. Well. <laughs> And see, this is what I love with the lesson that I, you know, I've been talking about here tonight is that Jesus stayed in the spiritual. See, this is what we got to get to. The Bible says mm-hmm. that we're to be growing Christ-like. Yes. All right. We've got to get to a point in Christ that we're thinking spiritually more so than we think naturally. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. yes. Amen. Right now, sometimes that weight is more natural than it is spiritual. Amen. And see, in the spirit realm, what did it say? Now faith. Now faith. Now faith. 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 Not, see, a lot of people quote, faith is the substance of things hoped for. No, the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. How can you pull those evidence of things not seen when you're operating in the natural? Yes, 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 yes. You can't pull it. See, faith says that you believe in it, you're trusting God in it, that God is going to give it to you. You don't know where it's going to come from. See, that's when you know you're reaching maturity, when you're able to believe like that. Yes, yes. Amen. When those disciples got saved in the upper room and they got to that point where they started thinking more spiritual than they were natural, man, they started healing people. Paul's shadow started healing people. And the one example that I look at, and Jesus always said we'd be doing greater works. We're supposed to be doing greater things, right? 
Jesus walked up to Lazarus' tomb. What did he say? What did he say? He walked up to the tomb and he, he collected he me up. No, he went to Lazarus' tomb. Remember, he called Lazarus' He called him. He called him, called him forth. Yeah, come he called forth. Him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. In what? In faith. He knew the Father was going to do it. Yes. Hallelujah. And he Hallelujah. Was, and he was dead for four days. Hallelujah. his body think about it. Yes. Did he do it? Did he have any doubt? No. 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 Because how do we know that he didn't have any doubt? Because what? The sister started crying. He cried right along with her. He cried right along with her. Yeah, you're right. I should have said you right. You're right. You're right. Until she said something. And he said, wait a minute. Do you know I'm the resurrection? Come on, the resurrection. He has that's to stop what I did. He stopped what I did. I'm going to say the wrong thing. See, I'm crying along with you. I'm going to match you up. I'm going to help you. <laughs> See, that's thinking in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. This is what he wants us to do. Yeah. But we get caught up. you got to find out where I'm more waiting to. We all got to ask the Lord, Lord, strengthen me. You know, take me. You know, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's right. My ways are not your ways. No, it's not. And sometimes we put God in the box. Woo! You know, I was having a discussion with a certain person, and I said, you know, you know, I want a house, I want a house, I want a house, and I'm going to save Okay? But this particular person went and bought a brand new car and then put a dime on the car. Hmm. Amen. Person operated in faith. Operated in faith. Went, looked at the car, right? Monday, went to the credit union, mm-hmm. right? Found out credit is 100%. Credit is excellent, mm-hmm. right? And then turned around, got the car on Tuesday. Didn't put a down payment on it. Now, wait, that's crazy, ain't it? That's, 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 that's like crazy faith. See, God wants us to have that same type of direction and faith that you're operating in the spiritual world. You're pulling down those things. See, when you have that faith like that, you're pulling that thing right out of the spiritual realm and you're bringing it. He said, because what you say, I, let me quote this right, what you say in heaven, what you say on earth will be done in heaven or something like that. It said, whatever, whatever you bind on earth, you'll be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And how are you going to loose that? How are you going to bind that? Mm-hmm. If you have, you've got to have faith. There can't be no doubt there. So you got to operate in the spiritual realm. You know, when we was living in Missouri, the car we had was really bad off. So I didn't have no money. I had none because the guy who was with took all my money and he ran off with it. Mm-hmm. And he left me with a raggedy car. So me and my daughter, I said, we we got to get another car. we mm-hmm. got to get another car. So she said, mm-hmm. okay. So we jumped in the car that we had and, and we rode it in faith mm-hmm. all the way to the dealership. We got there and the man came. The first thing he did was he handed me a set of keys. I said, what's that to? He said, to this car here. Now, listen. I did not only have faith, but God gave me wisdom. I can't afford that car. How am I going to buy that car and I know I can't afford it? I said, that ain't my car. Mm-hmm. He said, what? I said, it's a nice-looking car, but it ain't mine. Mm-hmm. He said, okay, took me inside. They must have shown me about four or five cars, and all of a sudden the guy said, 
well, what are you willing to pay each month for a car? I said, one fifty. That's all I can afford. Mm-hmm. So I just knew he was going to tell me they didn't have no car. I said, well, okay, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I said, the car out there is mine. I said, if I go get a loan, I can fix that one up, and I won't worry about it no more. And, I, mm-hmm. and there was no loan on that car. Mm-hmm. So with no loan on it, it was outright mine. So he mm-hmm. turned around, the guy said, wait a minute. He went in the back. He came back out with a nice car. Mason came and said, oh, Mama, is that the car? The guy said, yeah, that's the car. He said, you want to test drive? And Mason grabbed the creed. She jumped in the front seat mm-hmm. and rode around in the car. We came back. The man said, what you going to put on? I said, I ain't got nothing. Put that other car. You can have it. Mm-hmm. So he came back and he said, well, we can only give you 500 for the car. I don't care. We'll take it. We'll put that as a down payment. All I did was get the insurance. We drove the car right off the lot. Amen. See, we got to realize this. You got to be able to discern between the tricks of Satan mm-hmm. and what God blesses. I'm gonna say this: when God blesses you, He adds no stress. No, He don't. No, Amen. He don't. It's bad. Amen. A true blessing from God will He does not add any stress to you. Satan can bless you with a car because He's blessing you to mess you up. Yes. So you got to know when a blessing is from God mm-hmm. is when and or what Satan is trying to give you to mess up. That's right. To mess you up. To put your sidetrack you. Amen. 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 Because bless it, I'll go back. Look at Abraham. <laughs> when Abraham went down and saved his nephew Lot, yeah. Right? Yeah. what did one of the kings wanted to do? <laughs> kings wanted to give him all kind of money. Yeah. We want to pay you for that. Abraham said, no, mm-hmm. that wasn't good money. I'm not taking that money. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you stay in the will of God. Yes. Because God will address. That's what the Holy Ghost is here for, is a helper. Yes. And if you listen to the Holy Ghost, yes. he is not going to tell you anything wrong. Come on, now. He's not going to tell you anything wrong. The problem of it is, is that we need to learn how to examine ourselves and check ourselves. Amen. We have to check ourselves sometimes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us take these jobs and we want we want these jobs to secure us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Make me feel important. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's true. Amen. Amen. It's true. We go to church sometime, and we want the church, the people in the church, to make us feel like we're important. Mm-hmm. And we, and then we got these great testimonies, don't we? Yes. Lord, if I just be a doorkeeper at, at, in your house, I'll be happy to announce. <laughs> sometimes I'll be in the back praying, Lord, make them a doorkeeper. Make them a doorkeeper and see how happy they're going to be. Make them a doorkeeper. Hello? Amen. Amen. Follow Amen. him. Amen. Follow him. 
Amen. I just want to touch on one thing, and then uh, we're, we're going to end it up here. We're going to, um, I want to go, and he says this. You know, Jesus says, in 40 days, in 46 days, I will build a temple. I mean, 40, you know, Jews said in 46 days, it took to build this temple. And you're going to raise it up in three days. Basically, they're laughing at him. Okay? But they didn't realize he was talking about the temple of his body. Amen. Amen. On the, on the, on the, 30, on the 22nd, it says, Therefore, when he, had raised, when, he, when he had raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus said. That, that kind of touched with me because of the fact that did it take Jesus being raised from the dead for them to believe, to believe the word which Jesus has spoke to them? Because, you know something, I think sometimes we look for signs and wonders yeah. before we believe that God is. Amen. That's how we get caught up when you take that uh, visiting evangelist, come to town, and if he touch you, you're going to get that house. If he touch you, you're going to get that cop. Or we run to Miss Cleo and get that psychic reading. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Instead of just getting on our knees and asking the Lord, Lord, what is your will for me? Amen. What is your will? Amen. And then we don't use the scriptures enough by saying that. He says, if you want something, come to him and knock. Mm-hmm. Come to the throne of grace, what, boldly. Boldly. We don't do that. Mm-mm. We don't do that. And you know something, I, I'm going to end on this. We're take, you're taking sinners, using the principles of God, and getting rich on it. Because they'll have that dream to start that company, right? And they will work that company to death. They won't let nobody stop them. They won't let nothing distract them. And then all of a sudden, boom, you hear sometimes they jump out and they'd be a big success. Look at the guy that created my pillow. Would you ever think that he would have a whole company in Minnesota yeah. making a pillow? Amen. And I bet you, if you listen to his testimony, he, he dreamed that up, he, he made that little pillow, and he kept fighting. He kept going out there working because mm-hmm. he believed in that pillow. And now all of a sudden, he owns a big company. Yeah. My pillow. Mm-hmm. See, we got to stop putting the principles of God to work for us. Amen. So now I'm going to turn it over to the apostle if there's any other questions. So this will be the last question for the evening, and then we'll close. It's now 822. Uh, and uh, Dion Parker, go ahead and ask your question, Dion. Okay, so, hello. Well, my question was, I think I can remember it. It was... Uh, how do how, how do we wait? What do we what's the process for waiting on God to do what He's going to do in us? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I don't mind waiting. 
Got it. Go ahead. What does it say? It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Wait a minute now. What does it say? Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So if your mind is preoccupied by meditating about the word of God day and night, how is, how is a negative thought going to get in there? Amen. <laughs> how is a negative thought going to get in there? And then what else did it say? It says that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Mm-hmm. See, if you're working and you're meditating, you ain't got time to allow the enemy to get into your mind. Amen. This is what he told Joshua. The process will go by quicker. That's what he told Joshua. He said, listen, start meditating day and night. Meditate on this thing. You got to meditate on the word. Welcome, Alyssa Sibley. Amen. We got to learn how to meditate. We got to meditate on the gospel, on the truth, on adulterated word of God. And when we're meditating on that day and night, and then we're observing the do, then he says, then thou mayest observe to do a course. Oh, I'm sorry, I read the wrong one. But then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then you'll have good, right? Go ahead. Success. Then thou shalt have good success. success. Amen. Not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whatsoever thou doest, whatsoever thou doest. Amen. You have to, when you're waiting, you're meditating on God's word. Just like I say, you're thinking about things that are lovely, thinking about things that are true. You're thinking about God's word. And then you've got to observe and do it. So you're putting faith in action, and you're putting works in action. Amen. That's when you're waiting on God. Amen. Well, that look like a long no. No. <laughs> Okay. While we're getting ready to close out, if you have any prayer requests, please, because the evangelist is here to pray. Amen. Glory be to God. Please type your prayer request in the room, or if you're going to call in, call into the talk show line. Amen. Glory be to God. And the talk show phone number once Amen. again is uh, it is seven two four 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 seven four four four. And the call ID number once again is one four four seven five four. So please give us a call in if you want to give us a prayer request. I know we're praying for Cynthia Jones's strep throat. Amen. Glory be to God. Dion Parker is not well. She's been uh, fighting a cold for over a month. Yes. Yeah. Um, different kind of virus. There's a, a, a viral flu that's out there. A couple of my ministers, <coughs> husband and wife, has the flu. They've been having it for a while. She could. She wanted to get it on the radio station and couldn't because she's been very ill. She's on here right now. So we're going to be praying for the barn houses. Amen. Amen. We're going to be praying for uh, the Parker, the Deacon, uh, Prophet Parker. And we're also going to be praying for Cynthia Jones. Amen. Glory be to God. And if there's any other prayer requests, oh, we have to pray for um, Nancy Wallace and Little Leaders Daycare. 
Amen. Amen. Um, glory be to God. Amen. And uh, testimonial, uh, mom and baby are both doing very well. They do at home. Good. God has restored both of them. Hallelujah. Neither one of them passed away. We almost Lord. lost my daughter-in-law. But thanks to the prayers of the righteous, they survived. They survived. Amen. Glory be to God. There were so many testimonies to tell you about that you prayed over. So we want to keep that going. Amen. We want to keep that going. Amen. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting for you, Lord. I don't Amen. mind waiting. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, yeah. mind waiting. I don't mind waiting for you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. 
week, and we want to say thank you and bless them. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Once again, my name is Apostle Alina McQueen. You are at In the Vine Ministries. Glory be to God. If you want to contact Minister Cameron, in the vine, God, CO at gmail.com. You want to meet the evangelist? It's evangelist Lavelle at yahoo.com. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Woo, yes. We have to announce the opening of WDDR. It will be open in March 1st. Amen. Glory be to God. The first week of March, so we want to bless the Lord for that opening and praying for that opening to be a success. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, we are looking for more people to come on the air. Amen. Join us at WDDR. Come and check us out. Amen. Glory be to God. Uh, sign the contact page, and I will contact you back with the requirements for being a DJ at WDDR. Amen. If you want to give a donation, amen, glory be to God to, to, to support this ministry, amen. Uh, glory be to God. Uh, everybody who's here are volunteers, but we would like to worship. We would like to bless the men and women of God, amen, with the offering, amen, hallelujah. So please, give us the offering, amen. Send your donations to endthevine.co at gmail.com, amen, glory be to God. We want to say bless you, and we want to say thank you. <laughs> Glory be to God. My niece is back on. Hello, Timothy. Hello, Bernard. Hallelujah. We welcome you, and we bless you. Everything in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.